Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, the show where America is the star and the American people. Little has been known about one of the most important figures in early American history, Dr. Joseph Warren, an architect of the colonial rebellion, yet after his death, his life and legend faded. Here to tell the story is Jeffrey McKenna, author of Saving Dr. Warren, A True Patriot. Let's take a listen. Dr. Joseph Warren was involved so early in the struggle for our freedoms that at that point it was just the fact that these colonists had come over at great sacrifice to be here on the American continent and that they had come here specifically for freedoms, religious freedoms. And so Dr. Joseph Warren was adamant that those freedoms could not be encroached on and that they needed to be respected and that they just needed to be treated like English citizens. And that was the big issue is that the crown was not treating them equal to English citizens. And Dr. Warren was in the forefront of saying, that's not what our forefathers came over here for. And they sacrificed a lot to come over here and to build what we have. And we cannot allow that to just be taken away. And so that was why he was so adamant in getting in the early, early stages of the American Revolution there had been a major event that had taken place in the United States that would have affected everybody, including Dr. Joseph Warren. He was a little young, so he didn't actually engage in the fighting, but it was the French and Indian War that took place. And the Crown, England, invested a lot of money in protecting the colonists during the 
French and Indian War. And, and so the crown wanted to receive monies back. And so they imposed taxes that the Americans were not used to paying. And the Stamp Act was maybe the first act that really got everybody upset and excited because there was gonna be a tax on anything that required a certain stamp. And that was all legal documents and any kind of uh, paperwork. And Joseph Warren was involved with many of these early Americans, particularly in Boston. So you have Dr. Joseph Warren getting first associated with uh, James Otis and Samuel Adams and John Hancock that you hear uh, throughout history, Joseph Warren gets involved in saying, you know what, wait a second, why is the crown imposing these taxes on us when we don't have any representation in England? We need to be treated like English citizens. And that became kind of the first time when Dr. Joseph Warren starts to get involved in politics is, is during the Stamp Act and, and the protests that Boston in particular was doing the city of Boston and and then Sam Adams spotted his talent the talent that he had he was charismatic he was young the people liked him and he was very fiery and he could speak with a lot of passion and so Sam Adams recruits him and begins to bring him into the inner circle there in the late 1760s that's when you get Dr. Warren starting to take a place within that circle of patriots there in Boston where he's writing articles and of course most of the articles being published anonymously because they were treasonous so to speak when you're speaking against the crown and you know publishing them under the the pseudonym a true patriot which I, I thought was such a cool term so Dr. Warren is getting involved um, slowly into this circle of patriots that are going to become the ones that are signing the Declaration of Independence, that are leading the Boston Tea Party. And he is going to become, in many respects, the leader of that revolutionary movement in Boston in the 1770s. So you have the taxes that those across all 13 colonies are paying, but particularly in Boston. You had individuals like Sam Adams, James Otis, John Hancock, that were taking it particularly hard and they weren't going to allow it to happen without a protest. And, and that's why Boston becomes the hotbed. And it's, it's within this environment that Dr. Joseph Warren, this young physician in his 20s, is influenced by these amazing patriots, these amazing men, Sam Adams, James Otis, John Hancock. And he becomes very involved. He becomes involved with the, the different taxes that have been imposed. He becomes involved in the fact that we have the British regulars, the soldiers that are actually staying and living in homes. They're not particularly happy about being there. And so they're not, they're grumpy and they're not being very friendly to the citizens of Boston and the citizens of Boston aren't being very friendly to them, especially after almost 18 months of having them in their streets to enforce these taxes. And, and so it becomes very heated. I mean, we are at a position now in Boston where anything could just explode. And it does. On March 5th, 1770, you have nothing less but an explosion. And it gets called the Boston Massacre. Now, five people died. I'm not certain that constitutes a massacre. But March 5th, 1770, the regulars, the, the British soldiers have been in Boston for almost 18 months. There is an altercation that takes place between a British soldier and an apprentice in the streets of Boston. And in that altercation, the apprentice gets hit 
pretty good upside the head, leaves a pretty good welt and a pretty good mark. Well, he talks to some of the dock workers and some of the other um, people there in Boston, and they've had it. That's the spark right there. They get then at that point in front of those regulars. And we should mention here too, with respect to the Boston Massacre, there's something that often gets left out. There's that altercation that happens the day of, but prior to that, within two weeks prior to that, you have the death of a 10-year-old boy. That boy's name was Christopher Sider. Christopher Sider will die because a loyalist will fire a gun blindly out of his house at the Patriots that are trying to confront him. And we're gonna call them Patriots because you know, they're the Patriots, they're the Boston Patriots. But they were individuals that were rallying against the king and this particular man in Boston, and his name now escapes me, but he was running from them. He was hiding in his home and they are outside his door and he fires. And Christopher Sider will die because of that. And you're listening to author Jeffrey McKenna. More of Dr. Joseph Warren's story when we return here on Our American Stories. Lee Habib here, the host of Our American Stories. Every day on this show, we're bringing inspiring stories from across this great country. Stories from our big cities and small towns. But we truly can't do this show without you. Our stories are free to listen to, but they're not free to make. If you love what you hear, go to OurAmericanStories.com and click the donate button. Give a little, give a lot. Go to OurAmericanStories.com and give. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we continue on Our American Stories with our story about founding father, Dr. Joseph Warren. Our storyteller is Jeffrey McKenna, author of Saving Dr. Warren, A True Patriot. We left off with 11-year-old Liberty boy Christopher Sider dying at the hands of a Boston loyalist and local merchant engaged in non-importation agreements and trading in British goods. Here again is Jeffrey McKenna. Dr. Joseph Warren will be the physician that will take out 11 pellets from his body as part of the autopsy. That has caused the folks in Boston to just really be on edge. Now you have the altercation with the apprentice. At that point, those dock workers and those that consider themselves to be sons of liberty, once they heard that, they were in front of the English regulars There is one particular Bostonian by the name of Crispus Attucks who will not back down. He'll be in front of those uh, regulars the entire time. Crispus Attucks is an amazing individual because arguably his blood is some of the first blood that is spilled. And Crispus Attucks was a former enslaved African-American and he is right in front of those regulars. And when the word fire, and to this day, you know, it's argued whether it was don't fire or fire, but the word is, is voiced, the firing occurs, and Crispus Attucks and four other citizens of Boston will lay dead in the streets of Boston. And Sam Adams, again, not to let a moment like that disappear, he makes sure that every year on March 5th, there's going to be a Boston Massacre commemoration speech, and that's held at the Old South Meeting House Every year, Dr. Joseph Warren will speak in 1772. Dr. Warren will be the only one to speak twice in 1775. And that comes about because of the extreme danger. I don't think you can emphasize that enough to say extreme danger. If you think about March 1775, April 19th, 1775, we are going to have Lexington, Concord, Monotomy. We're going to have the beginning battles of the American Revolution. Approximately 100 days before then, you're going to have this commemoration speech. And the British had said, no, you're not. We put up with it for four years. We're not putting up with it anymore. And they were adamant that the man that thinks that they're going to get up and give that speech in the Old South Meeting House that man can plan on leaving the church with a noose around his neck because we're done. 
and Warren said, I'll do it. And they'll actually have him come up through the back of the church through the third story window to sneak in. But the story goes that one of the lower officers was to come with an aide. And when Dr. Warren got to a point in the speech where it was just really hitting the climax, he was to stand, he was to throw the egg, and that was the sign that he was to be apprehended, the speech was to be over, and that everybody was to clear out. That officer walking to the church with the egg tripped and fell, the egg broke, hurt his leg, never made it, egg was never there, Speech was never stopped. At one point, another officer is like, why are we not stopping this? He jumps up in the middle of the speech and he starts to take musket balls, dropping them in his hand, basically telling Dr. Warren, that's it, we're done. Dr. Joseph Warren does not miss a beat in his speech. He's wearing a full Roman toga, giving this speech, and he will walk down and he will just put a white handkerchief of peace over the musket balls and then continue his speech without ever missing a syllable. And the calmness and the way that he did it, the British officers didn't apprehend him. And he finished the speech in March of 1775, right before the battles that are gonna take place that are gonna be the shot heard around the world. After the events of March 5th, 1770, you have a, a, a relative calm, but then again, the British, the, the parliament and the king are like, how can these Americans get away with not paying, you know, more taxes? And they decide this is how we're gonna do this. We're gonna make it so easy on taxes. We had that problem with the tax acts of the late 1760s that led to the Boston massacre of 1770. We're gonna be real gentle here with these Americans. We've got this problem in India. We have this huge, surplus of tea. We're going to make it wonderful for the Americans. We're going to be able to provide this tea for them cheaper than they could get anywhere else. We're going to impose just a small tax on the tea. It'll be very small, still much cheaper than they could get the tea any other place. We are going to mandate, however, that the tea has to be sold by our tea commissioners, those that we've selected, because we've got some people that are doing a lot of good things in the colonies and, and we wanna make sure we reward them because that's just what you would do. And we're going to impose that tea act and have that be the way that we'll be able to get some revenue from these colonies. Because the English are just certain they won't have any problems with this because the tea will still be lower priced than the other, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the problem was particularly for those in Boston, freedom. You are taking the liberties away. Again, you're imposing a tax where we had no say with respect to that tax. James Otis had been the one that had coined no taxation without representation. And Warren was right there. Dr. Joseph Warren was right there in those inner circles as the young guy. He's in his 20s when all of this is initially happening. And that became the impasse that will eventually lead to the Boston Tea Party. And Dr. Joseph Warren, Paul Revere are intimately involved in that planning. In fact, there was a little song that uh, was penned afterwards among the, uh, the children and the folks there in Boston and, and specifically mentioning two people by name, Joseph Warren and Paul Revere. And they were there uh, doing what needed to be done, basically keeping the tea from coming into the markets there in Boston. 
and they took matters into their own hands and put it into the ocean, which of course will eventually lead to just more hostilities. The Boston Tea Party will lead to what the Americans are gonna call the intolerable acts. If you look at the Bill of Rights, if you look at the first 10 amendments of the Constitution, you will see so many that are stemming from the intolerable acts, meaning what British said was gonna to happen to Boston and Massachusetts, the colony, after the Boston Tea Party. They basically did not allow them to have meetings. They did not allow to have any expression through the press. They made the soldiers have to come in and live in their homes. They made it intolerable, and they truly did. Thinking, the British were thinking that what the parliament and the king were thinking that to really scold the disobedient child, that Massachusetts colony, that the other colonies would all take note and they would all want to toe the line and they would all want to get in line. It did just the opposite. It made the other 12 colonies say, are you kidding? They really think they can do that to Massachusetts? They can really do that to the harbors of Boston? They're gonna close the harbors so no ships can come in and out as part of these intolerable acts? And it unified the 13 colonies. That's when they have the first Continental Congress where they get together to say, if this is what the king thinks he can do, we may need to do something about this. And here's a part, again, Dr. Joseph Warren. He's back where the suffering is occurring. He's back in Boston. He's in Suffolk County. That's the county where Boston is located. And he pens, he organizes the leaders to come together in Suffolk County and they pen the Suffolk Resolves. And the Suffolk Resolves are classic. Thomas Jefferson will use those as a foundation. He and John Adams, when they are penning the Declaration of Independence two years later, and you're listening to Jeffrey McKenna, author of Saving Dr. Warren, A True Patriot. And by the way, you can get that at Amazon.com or all the usual suspects, wherever you buy your books. And what a story you're hearing about a patriot you really never heard of. And what we learn here is that after the Stamp Act came the Boston Tea Party, in which, of course, Warren, we just learned, played a vital role along with Paul Revere. And then, well, then come the Intolerable Acts. And when you read the Bill of Rights, there you'll see from everything from the freedom of association to no quartering of troops to searches and seizures and so on, so much of the Bill of Rights finds its birth in what happened on the streets of Boston. When we come back, more of the story of Dr. Joseph Warren and our nation's birth here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we continue with our American stories and the story of Dr. Joseph Warren. At the urging of King George III, the British Parliament enacted five laws in 1774. The British referred to the legislation collectively as the Coercive Acts or the Restraining Acts. The American colonists, they called those rules something different, the Intolerable Acts. In September of 1774, Dr. Joseph Warren crafted a response to the coercive acts by drafting a series of resolutions known as the Suffolk Resolves. Thomas Jefferson and John Adams will use these as a foundation when they pen the Declaration of Independence just two years later. Let's continue with our story about founding father Dr. Joseph Warren with our storyteller Jeffrey McKenna, author of Saving Dr. Warren, A True Patriot. Joseph Warren will pen the Suffolk Resolves Send them by Paul Revere, his trusted courier, to Philadelphia. And in the Suffolk Resolve, for the first time, it will say, when you have a leader, a king, that imposes laws that are intolerable and inappropriate in every way, you have the right to take arms and oppose those laws. That was huge. And in Philadelphia, they passed the Suffolk Resolves, saying us 13 colonies will follow that. And I always say this whenever I talk about Dr. Joseph Warren, his friends all signed the Declaration of Independence. His roommate, Elbridge Jerry, will sign it. John Hancock, he was super 
great friends with, will sign with the biggest signature, John Adams, Stan Adams. I will say, Dr. Warren signed the Declaration of Independence the year before on the hill outside of Boston with his blood. His friends all signed it with the pen. He signed it with his blood on Bunker Hill in 1775. The leading patriots, Adams and Hancock, they're out. They're not in Boston, so you only have Warren. Warren is the one that's the closest to the Sons of Liberty, those that are on the, on the docks and in the streets, and the Sons of Liberty love them. Paul Revere is one of the leaders of the Sons of Liberty, and Paul Revere and Joseph Warren are the best of friends. Paul Revere will actually name his son Joseph Warren Revere. Everybody knows springtime is the time. If the British are gonna do something, they're gonna do it. They've got enough spies, they've got enough going on that they're getting this information, and yet Dr. Joseph Warren is gonna make that call on April 18th. He's gonna call first William Dawes to his house, and he's gonna send William Dawes out of Boston over the land so that he could warn the militias that the British would be marching to particularly warn Sam Adams and John Hancock in Lexington that the British would be marching to try to get to Concord to protect the arms that we had in Concord. And so he sent William Dawes one way and he sends Paul Revere across the waterways. And he brings Paul Revere to his house. He gives him the instructions. Paul Revere stops at the Old North Church to you know, have the iconic lights. Dr. Warren informs him they're going to be going out by water. And Paul tells them, have the two lanterns so they know across the bay that they're coming by water. And then, you know, let's get people uh, notified. So there's been so much speculation. How was Joseph Warren so sure of that decision? And nobody knows for sure. We do know something though. Margaret Gage, General Gage is wife, was from New Jersey. She was an American. And we have correspondence from her to her husband basically saying, you know, be mindful of my people, referring to Americans as her people. We also know Margaret Gage continued to use Dr. Warren as her personal physician. Now, that wouldn't seem that unusual, except things were hot in Boston. Dr. Warren was clearly a patriot in every sense of the word. And if you were a loyalist, you just had to stop using him as your doctor. I mean, all of his loyalist patients had stopped using him, but not Margaret Gage. He had information. Now, how he got that information and how he was so sure about that information remains a secret. One thing we know that Margaret Gage was very loyal to her people, Americans, Two, she continued to use Dr. Warren as her physician during this time when all of his other loyalist patients had stopped using him. And three, after the events of April 19th with Lexington, Concord, and Monotomy, General Gage sends her to England to not be there anymore because at some point somewhere, I think he knows that critical element of surprise was lost on April 18th and 19th. When they show up in Lexington Green and they see those men there, that is devastating. They get to Concord, it's even worse because then you've got an organized group. They actually turn back. These just farmers and fathers turn back the greatest military establishment in the world, on the planet, at the Old North Bridge. They make them retreat. And once they start retreating, 
we are just on the road picking them off hiding in trees dodging them and they are just infuriated now i'm telling a little bit of this story of april 19th to get to something that i find fascinating dr joseph warren he's been largely forgotten the biggest battle of april 19th has been largely forgotten the battle where he fought the battle of monotony was bigger than lexington and concord combined part of our problem is that monotony gets forgotten because it had a really weird name and they changed it twice they at one point call it west cambridge another point now they're calling it arlington but monotony was where joseph warren was and he was in the thick of the battle and at one point a musket ball raises his wig and takes his hairpin out of his uh, wig he's so intense and so involved in the fighting on that first day of fighting of the american revolution they get back to boston they have really taken a bad it's been a bad bad day and they're in boston and now you have these militias that are just coming and coming and coming from all of the different colonies but the million dollar question is who's governing them these aren't trained soldiers you are going to end up with 15,000 militiamen outside of boston now that number may not seem that significant but when you realize there were only 15,000 residents in Boston at its height before all of the turmoil, it's as many people as ever lived in Boston are now living in camps outside of Boston. And you have to feed them. You have to control them so that they don't cause disturbances and, and ruckus outside. You have a terribly difficult task. And you've got to keep the redcoats in. You're constantly monitoring what the British regulars might be doing Who's doing all of that? Sam Adams and John Hancock are in the Continental Congress. It's Joseph Warren. Joseph Warren was voted the president of the Provincial Congress. He was the chairman of the Committee of Safety. He was the chairman of the Committee of Correspondence. He's the one sending letters saying, bring them here. Once they get here, he's the one in charge of managing them because he's the chairman of the Committee of Safety, which was, was actually the, the civilian military leader. And then he's also the president of the Provincial Congress. So he's the one that's actually handling the, the civic duties of the regular individuals that are, you know, saying we don't want to have be under the control of the, the Boston governor anymore. So this is an amazing period from April 19th until what is going to become the largest battle in the American Revolution. Many people don't recognize that Bunker Hill will have more casualties than any of the other battles in the American Revolution. And Dr. Joseph Warren is the one coordinating that. And you're listening to a heck of a story about a true patriot and a name not known and not heard often when talking about the American Revolution, and that's Dr. Joseph Warren, and what leadership we're hearing about, and what courage that Paul Revere would name his son Joseph Warren Revere. When we come back, more of the story of Dr. Joseph Warren here on Our American Stories. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we return to Our American Stories and to Jeffrey McKenna, author of Saving Dr. Warren, A True Patriot. We last left off at Bunker Hill, the battle that will receive the most casualties during the entire American Revolutionary War. And founding father Dr. Joseph Warren is the one coordinating that battle for the American patriots. Here again is Jeffrey McKenna. We have farmers and fathers that have gathered, and these are great, great men and great wives to send their men and great families to send their brothers. But these guys are here as volunteers, and they're, they're there to do something, and they haven't really done anything. They show up a little, you know, in April, maybe the beginning of May, and they're hanging around, and they're hanging around, 
and now we're getting into June and there's still really nothing happening. And they're saying to themselves, if I don't get back to my farm and if I don't get to plant some crops, my family's not going to be eating. And Dr. Warren is seeing all of that. And he and the Committee of Safety are saying, we've got to do something. And the Committee of Safety with Joseph Warren in charge, make the decision. We've got to build a fort close enough to Boston that we could shoot cannons into Boston. We've got to make it so close that the British will engage us. Wow, that's big. You've got a bunch of farmers and fathers. These aren't army engineers, and they're gonna build a fort in one night on a hill so close to Boston that it's gonna make the British come out and confront them. This is, to say it's bold is such an understatement. I mean, to just the, the courage that these guys all had to have. The British go to bed one night, they go to bed on um, uh, June 16th with no fort outside of Boston. They wake up in the morning of June 17th and there's a fort and they're like, what is going on? And the Committee of Safety is meeting and Joseph Warren says, I'm gonna be there tomorrow. And they have an uproar in the committee. They say, you've got Prescott, you've got Israel Putnam, you've got great colonels that are there. Generals don't go there. You're gonna be a commissioned general. They just commissioned you in Philadelphia. He said, the men are gonna need to know that we believe in this enough to be there. They take his roommate, Elbridge Jerry, who becomes famous for gerrymandering. Elbridge Jerry will eventually be a vice president. But Elbridge Jerry will sign the Declaration of Independence and he was Joseph Warren's roommate at Harvard. So he was super close. And the Committee of Safety says, you guard his room tonight. You make sure in the morning he does not go to that hill outside of Boston. And so Elbridge Jerry literally is there with Joseph Warren. Joseph Warren sleeps and sleeps and sleeps. And Elbridge Jerry thinks he's good, he's done. He kind of goes to take a break. Warren wakes up puts on his fanciest clothes. They didn't have uniforms, so he puts on his fanciest silk shirt, pants. He's gonna look the part of, you know, a distinguished leader. He grabs the gun, grabs the sword, and he marches to Breed's Hill. They end up building the fort on Breed's Hill, uh, supposed to have been Bunker Hill. Breed's Hill was a little bit closer, that's it, but it gets the name Bunker Hill, but they build the fort there in one night. And so the British just pour boat after boat after boat. They send them from Boston over the, the, to the bay to, uh, to Charlestown and they're getting off and they're getting off and they're getting off. And here you have these Americans watching garrison after garrison coming and they're thinking, whose idea was this? All of a sudden, Joseph Warren appears on the hill and basically announces to everybody on the hill, I'm here. And I'm here to fight with you. And, and Prescott's ready to give command. He's a colonel. He knows that Joseph Warren is going to be a general. He's surprised that Joseph Warren is there. And he says, command is yours. And Joseph Warren makes a speech loud enough for everybody to hear. No, I have not received my commission yet. I have come to fight with the greatest men on this continent. And I will fight shoulder to shoulder with them in this, our cause of freedom and liberty. And that makes Bunker Hill because the British march and march and march up that hill and you've got the iconic statement, that greatest military phrase, right? Don't fire till you see the whites of their eyes because we had limited ammunition 
if every bullet we shot hit one of those red coats, but you know, that were pouring off of the boat, we still wouldn't have enough bullets, you know? I mean, we knew we were in trouble with respect to our ammunition. And then the word fire, and we just boom, blast them, and they retreat. Again, the greatest military force on the planet retreats. And they do it again a second time. Now they're having to crawl over their buddies that, that are on the ground in, in their red coats. And they get right up to the fort on the second wave. And again, we fire and they retreat a second time. And on the third time, we knew that we just didn't have ammunition. There literally are accounts of rocks that were pulled out of the British soldiers because we fired rocks. And so Dr. Warren was involved to the end in an organized retreat. And as he's doing that, an officer leveled his firearm and fired. And that takes the life of Dr. Joseph Warren. Joseph Warren's death was tragic. Abigail Adams, when she reports to her beloved husband, John, we've got amazing correspondence between the two of them, and John's in Philadelphia, and she writes, her and John Quincy Adams, he's a young boy, I believe he was like nine years old, he is on the hill watching the Battle of Bunker Hill with his mom, about nine miles away, they can see it over the bay, they can see the smoke, but she will write the letter to John Adams about Bunker Hill, and she will say of all of the terrible things, the worst, was the death of Dr. Warren and how much we need him in the halls of Congress, on the fields of battle to help heal the wounded. He is needed in so many ways and he's gone. Well, it was a devastating loss for the Americans, but General Gage had had a devastating loss for the British. And when he's looking at that devastating loss, he's trying to find something here. You know, besides we just got this hill after losing all of these men. And so he writes back when he learns that Joseph Warren died on that hill. He writes back saying, yeah, we lost a lot of men. Yeah, the, the Americans didn't lose as many, but they lost Dr. Warren. And his death is worth 500 men. Why would somebody like Dr. Joseph Warren at age 34, having barely turned 34, four young children, a beautiful, wonderful fiance that would have loved to have raised the kids, loved to have been his companion in this struggle for independence. Why did he sacrifice so much? I mean, he gives his life when he doesn't even know that we're going to be a country. He signs the Declaration of Independence with his blood, not with a pen, a year before on the battlefields of Bunker Hill. So why does he do that? In modern history, we have an amazing speech by President Reagan in 1981 in his first inaugural address. And he goes on to quote Dr. Joseph Warren's March 1775 speech, saying these words in 1981. On the eve of our struggle for independence, a man who might have been one of the greatest among the founding fathers, Dr. Joseph Warren, President of the Massachusetts Congress said to his fellow Americans, our country is in danger, but not to be despaired of. On you depend the fortunes of America. You are to decide the important question which, upon which rests the happiness and the liberty of millions yet unborn. Act worthy of yourselves. And to end with one other quote from President Reagan. 
It is time I said to, that we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the Founding Fathers, and if we will pass on to these young people the freedoms we knew in our youth, because freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. It has to be fought for and defended by each generation. This is the recurrent challenge, the one from which we cannot shrink. The memory of Joseph Warren does just that. And a terrific job on the editing, storytelling, and production by our own Greg Hengler. And what a terrific piece of storytelling by author Jeffrey McKenna. And he's the author of Saving Dr. Warren, A True Patriot. Again, go to Amazon or wherever you buy your books. It's an important piece of American history. And remember, the table was set. A good part of the country was with the Loyalists. A good part of the country was with the Patriots. A good part of the country was hiding under the kitchen table, hoping everything would pass. But it took men like Warren to do the fighting, to step into the breach. And he paid the ultimate price. And indeed, he signed, of course, the precursor to the Declaration of Independence, the Suffolk Resolve, a year before Jefferson penned and our founders signed. Well, in the end, the death warrants for those men and the freedom document for this country. The story of Dr. Joseph Warren, a true patriot, here on Our American Stories. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.